Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Sean McCormick and today I'm joined by NUFC writer Chris Woff. January is the month for transfers, but we're going to try and stay away from that and the takeover, though that is dominating the agenda today, and focus on the this weekend's match and what is a huge match against Cardiff City, Chris. I mean, looking at the league table, it doesn't really get much bigger than this for Newcastle, does it? This is, without doubt, Newcastle United's biggest game of the season so far, arguably the most important game they will play in the entire season. Their home form has been poor. They've only won two games all season in all competitions at St. James's Park. But now the majority of their games against teams in and around them, who they've done quite well against, are going to be at St. James's Park. They've done well on the road, but they've got to translate that form back onto Tyneside. And they've struggled to break down teams in a similar position to them at St. James's Park when teams come to Tyneside and frustrate them, sit back. Newcastle haven't had the quality in the final third to provide the, that final pass or score the goals. And this weekend, make no mistake, with Newcastle back in the bottom three and with the following two matches in the Premier League being at home against uh, defending champions Man City and then away to Tottenham Hotspur, they really, really need a win this weekend. I mean, you look at the other fixtures as well. Southampton have got a home game against Everton, Burnley are away at Watford, and you know Watford blow hot and cold. So it, it, that could go either way, really, that game. Best case scenario, Newcastle end up two points clear of the relegation zone for win. Worst case scenario, there could be four points adrift. I mean those are the fixtures it really does make it a must win for Newcastle on Saturday it does and we keep looking at what other teams are doing when you're in the bottom three or in the round that's what you've got to do but at some stage Newcastle United have to start winning themselves the fixtures have been very difficult they had the terrible start of the season whereby they played uh, five of the so-called top six they've then played most of them again over the last few weeks no one has disputed how hard the fixture list has been. But other teams, like Palace went and won at Man City, uh, other teams are, st- are in and around there are starting to pick up points against the so-called Big Six. Newcastle need to do that, but they certainly need to beat their relegation rivals at St. James's Park if they're going to survive. You can only rely on, on other teams uh, not winning for so long. Last weekend, all the teams in and around them were playing each other. They were, they were bound to fall down. They found themselves in the bottom three before the game started. And at some stage, they've got to translate these rather encouraging performances I thought it was for large spells at Chelsea into picking up points and by points I don't just mean draws anymore they need to start getting wins I mean look at Cardiff's record I mean their main problem this season has been scoring goals you just look at the last four games they've only scored once in those four games including an FA Cup defeat at Gillingham 
But, I mean, they are addressing those problems now. They look like they're going to bring in Umar Nias on a loan move from Everton. They've been linked with Emiliano Salah, who's been prolific in France. Whether or not that move's going to come go through, we don't know yet. But, I mean, that's, that looks like it could happen at least before the end of the window. So it doesn't look like it's going to happen before Saturday, thankfully for Newcastle. I mean, but fans will look at that and get frustrated. Cardiff City being linked with a club record move for Emiliano Salah to move that would smash Newcastle's transfer record as well. I mean, if that does happen, Newcastle, I think it'd be only Burnley who have got a lower transfer record in the Premier League than Newcastle if that move was to materialise with the money that's been reported, uh, certainly in Wales Online, our colleagues. Um, but I mean, Newcastle fans look at that and think it's Cardiff City, they're, they're, they're going out and buying a striker, they're identifying a problem, they're looking to solve it, they're spending a lot of money on it, why can't Newcastle do that? I always think it's slightly dangerous looking at what other teams are doing. Fans are going to do that and understand precisely why. You look at Fulham during the summer, they'll spend £100 million. It's how and where you spend your money. Cardiff has shown ambition and fair enough to them. But if you look at Nias, would he be a player who a lot of Newcastle fans would really think, oh, we'll bring him in, he'll really strengthen us. Non-striker, slightly different. He's had a very good season, but his record over the last few years hasn't been prolific until this year. He's taken a gamble there. He's not the sort of player I think Newcastle would look at. And don't get me wrong, I think Newcastle need to go out and spend this month. I think they need three players, really. I think they need a, a left uh, winger or wing back, sorry. They need an attacker midfielder and then either a winger or a striker. I think they need those players because they need some greater quality in the final third. The two the two players Cardiff are seeking, do I think they would significantly strengthen Newcastle's squad? Maybe a uh, non-striker, but I'm just not I'm not 100% convinced. And certainly the money will not be there at Newcastle United to sign a player of that ilk. There's been a lot of discussion about the fact Newcastle haven't signed a player yet this month and that is a deep, deep frustration. And then so, so a lot of people are saying, oh, is it because Mike Ashley wants to sell? Is he using that as a ploy so that Newcastle don't, uh, won't bring in signings this month and they take the club off the market? Well, my understanding is that Benitez doesn't have a specific budget. He said this in public, but that doesn't mean there's funds available. Newcastle work in a quite complex way. So Benitez would, in an ideal world, Benitez would like to be able to go to Lee Charney and say, look, what is my budget this month? And Lee Charney would say, you have X amount of millions to spend this month. And then Benitez would think, right, I need three players. I've got, say, say it's 30 million. I've got 30 million. I can work within that and sign these three players using the valuations I can find of them. What the club says, do not think of it as a specific budget. You do not have a specified budget, but you present a case to us for each individual player and we may sanction that signing. So in theory, Benitez could want three 29-year-olds who cost £5 million and the club may say no. They don't meet the criteria for the so-called right player in inverted commas they want to sign. But then Benitez could come back and say, I've found two £15 million players uh, who are 24 years old, um, and have potential sell-on value, have quality, and the club may say, right, we do have the money for that, go and sign them. Eyebrows will undoubtedly be raised among the fan base and say, well, Newcastle haven't spent that much money over the last few years, but there is a bit of a uh, there's a bit of a disagreement at the moment between Benitez and the club as to the sort of players that should be targeting. We know Newcastle have this overarching policy of wanting the same players under the age of 26 with potential sell-on value, Benitez would prefer experience and at the moment most of the players he's putting forward aren't getting through because they don't meet the criteria and that's where this big confusion is and why one of the reasons why the transfer window has proven so frustrating. I mean we won't dwell on this too much because we want to keep this about Cardiff City and not really talk about transfers but I mean just touching on that there Chris where you're talking about the club's policy where if Benitez brings a player forward he could cost 15 million but he meets all the club's criteria we'll go for it. 
fans will look at that and say Miguel Almiron he's, he's 24, 25 meets the criteria he's going to have a good set on value he comes in hits the ground running at Newcastle there are going to be big clubs and Europe fishing around for him so is there then more criteria on top of that which stops Newcastle from making a move with Miguel Almiron because we know that the club aren't keen on paying his wage demands I mean, the agent fees, etc. I mean, can you just elaborate a bit more on that for the fans to get a clear understanding of what's going on with Miguel Almiron and why they won't make that move for him? Yeah, definitely. So in the summer as well, we also had the, the situation with Alassane Player where Newcastle insist and they still maintain that the money was there to make a club record signing. They put a 20 million-ish bid in for uh, Alassane Player at the time. They got usurped by Borussia Mönchengladbach. And part of the issue there was Newcastle said, we're willing to pay and break our record but we have a ceiling we will meet. So they have their own individual valuations of players. So Almiron, they're still in discussions over. They've had a bid uh, not accepted. I don't know if it's necessarily been rejected, but not accepted by Atlanta United, who want around $30 million for him. Newcastle haven't matched that. I think that they've offered a fee which would be similar in price to the fee they paid for Michael Owen, so probably mid-teens. Um, they value him at that sort of late-teens, maybe £20 million mark. And also wages wise, they they don't want to play what the pay what the player wants, and also the commission I understand for the agent is very high as well. So the way Newcastle look at transfers is they include all of those elements together. It's not just the fee; they also include the wages and the commission from the agent. And for them, although they would be willing to pay money for Almiron, potentially a club record deal, the current figures which have been discussed are above their valuation of him. So although they they are more likely to sanction a deal for a player who meets their so-called criteria. They still maintain their own valuation of that and they won't go above and beyond that, which in the January transfer window is very difficult. Prices are excessive and so they will miss out on quality players if that's what they stick to. In one way, you sort of have a begrudging admiration for it because they're trying to say, we will not pay over the odds. But at the same time, they're in such a perilous position that didn't sort themselves out in the summer, which is why they're now in such a situation that eventually, I think, if they want to sign quality players this month, they're going to have to pay a premium. And we'll go back to Cardiff now. I mean, you know, a bit of a negative outlook there on the potential January business, but it is what it is, and hopefully you can still make a breakthrough. But we'll try and be a bit more positive now. I was having a look at some pre-match stats before, and I mean, it, it does make some good reading for Newcastle. I mean, they've won 10 of their last 11 league games against Cardiff, the only other one being the draw in August. Um, Cardiff have lost 17 of their last 18 away league games against Newcastle. Um, in the top flight, Newcastle have won their last seven home meetings against Cardiff. Cardiff are looking to win back-to-back away games after beating Leicester in the top flight for the first time since February 1957. I mean, it all makes for good reading for Newcastle fans. Um, and I mean, looking at that, can you draw the positives from that? I mean, they're heading into this game on the back of a, a win in the FA Cup. I mean, is there a reason for Newcastle fans to be optimistic heading into the Cardiff game? There is reason to be optimistic. They won on Tuesday night, and as you mentioned, all these stats about Cardiff. And look, Cardiff are themselves struggling. They're not very far ahead of Newcastle. They've they've exceeded expectations, I think, so far this season. I think a lot of people thought they would be certainly in the bottom three, maybe even cut adrift by this stage. They've exceeded those expectations, and so. But Newcastle have to have to fancy their chances because these are the games that if they're going to stay up, they realistically need to target a win. Do I think, therefore, it's going to be a straightforward afternoon for Newcastle? Far from it. First of all, I've already mentioned the home form at St. James's Park. They appear shackled in a certain way. I don't think they have the freedom that they necessarily play when they're on the road. They don't seem to to know uh, exactly how to get the best out of themselves on Tyneside, whereas away from home, they just look more comfortable, though, on skin. Also, Tuesday night gave them a bit of a lift that they won, 
but the damage that may have been done from that game could be significant. There's injury concerns, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but also just fitness-wise, I know that it was a, a largely changed team, but certainly Matt Ritchie played the majority of the game before coming off. He played also the initial tie, so you've got tired bodies to a certain degree there. Cardiff didn't have a game in midweek. They can just focus on this, and we know that Warnock is going to be direct. We know how Cardiff are going to play. There's going to be no surprises there but it's whether Newcastle can deal with that and whether they can find a way to break Cardiff down. And I mean, this is the first of three home games now in quick succession. I mean, we've spoken about Newcastle's dire home record before, but Cardiff coming to St. James's Park, a team in and around them in the relegation zone, this is the perfect time to finally nail down some some sort of remnants of home form, get a good run going, waffling the FA Cup to that, Manchester City, I mean, that's going to be a very difficult game, whether it's home or away. But I mean with these three home games coming down it just makes it even more important to get the three points on Saturday it does and also just the situation we were talking about transfers before just the situation at the club at the moment Tuesday night was just a nice bit of relief for everyone because it was a win did that resolve all of the issues that Newcastle United have no it didn't but suddenly there was something positive that people could hang on to at the moment there's very little to look forward to we don't know who the owner is going to be and whether Mike Ashley's still going to be here, we don't know if Rafa Benitez is going to be here beyond the end of the season. We don't know if they're going to sign significant amounts of players this month. The whole future is uncertain. The club's Premier League position is uncertain. So a win on Saturday would just give everyone a bit of a welcome boost, added to the fact that they're, they're now in the fourth round of the FA Cup. It could turn into a very positive week for Newcastle at a time where they really need it. So I think that, that this weekend psychologically is huge more than anything else. And you touched on psychologically there. I think if you look at the fixtures, obviously after this, in terms of the league, they've got Manchester City at home, Tottenham away, Wolves away, which are both really, really difficult games. I mean, Newcastle could come out of those three games, the Man City, Tottenham, Wolves period, with no points at all. So, I mean, obviously that, that in itself makes this next game huge. But then you look at the next two home games after that run of games, Burnley at home, Huddersfield at home, two games against teams in and around them in this relegation fight. I mean, to, to me, this, this Cardiff game will give Newcastle the confidence to know that it, they can beat the teams in and around them. And that's going to be so huge. I mean, after such a horrible period to have those two home games coming up against Huddersfield, against Burnley, it'll be so huge psychologically if they can get that win against Cardiff to know that they have got the ability to beat those teams in and around them in a dogfight at home in front of the crowd of St. James's Park. Exactly. I mean, they are... Newcastle currently are unbeaten against the thing. It's certainly the rest of the teams in the bottom six. It might be the bottom seven. I can't remember where the, the teams slightly higher up are. But teams in and around them, they haven't lost to any of them. They drew at home to Fulham, but then uh, they've won away at Burnley. Uh, they've won up. They've won away on a couple of occasions, and they've drawn a few games, albeit nil nil. But now those matches are at home. They're at St James's Park. They need to turn those draws into wins if they if they are going to stay up. And a win on Saturday against Cardiff would be the first step towards that ahead of what is a very tricky period. And yes, it would raise the belief not just of the players, but also of the Newcastle United fans. Because let's be honest, the majority of the football seen at St James's Park this season has been turgid. Fans have got very little to look forward to when they're going there. Not only is the football not great, the team isn't winning. A win on Saturday in what is a huge game would give everyone a welcome boost. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. 
a baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one of the interesting subplots, I think, from Saturday is Rather Than has coming up against Neil Warner again. I mean... They've got a colourful past together. Obviously, you, you look back at Neil Warner, Sheffield United days where he, he more or less accused Rafa Benitez of playing a weakened team because Liverpool were still fighting the Champions League, which he then subsequently blamed on Sheffield United being relegated because he's playing against a weakened team against uh, Sheffield United's rivals. Um, I mean, there's, there's been no love lost over the years, but in recent times, they've kind of, you know, tried to distance themselves away from that. But with Cardiff 17th, Newcastle 18th, it's going, to, it's going to be a really passionate encounter on Saturday. It'd be interesting to see how they both are on the touchline and whether that kind of bad blood can reignite on Saturday. Certainly, I mean, yes, the, it, the tensions have eased somewhat in recent years, but make no mistake that they're, they're not best friends, uh, Benitez and Warnock. They don't really like each other. And uh, I don't think that Benitez necessarily likes some of the methods that Warnock has. And, and Warnock, and I'm going to choose my words carefully here, but I think that he sometimes uh, doesn't like the fact that, that some foreign managers who come across to Britain uh, get the get the respect they're doing. You know, I, I, this is just a personal view. I'm not saying that Tell is the case. Tell the rest of the world, of course. Well, exactly, yes, the weekend. Captain Brexit. <laughs> Um, I just get this. I just get this impression from. So I think that they're never, they're never going to be uh, the best of friends, and they both can be uh, quite animated on the touchline in different ways. Warnock, you will, you will hear using a lot of colourful language. I'll, I'll call it that on Saturday. Uh, whereas Benitez, we know, almost tries to to manage his team through the game tactically. So there could, there is the potential that if there's a controversial decision or something like that, that we could see something happen on the touchline. Certainly just watching those two in itself will be fascinating, probably more so than the likely quality of the game itself because it'll be nervous, it'll be tense, and neither team will, will want to lose it. So first and foremost, I think that'll be the approach. But yeah, certainly that is an interesting subplot to what is already a hugely intriguing game from the point of view of survival this season. And I mean, the first time the sides met this season, it was a, a low-quality affair, shall we say. I mean, it wasn't one for the for the archives. Um, but Newcastle missed a golden opportunity at the end of that game. Kennedy missing the penalty uh, it, with virtually the last kick of the game, wasn't it? I mean, he's one of the players who missed Tuesday's win over Blackburn. I mean, on, on the face of it, there's seven potential injuries, but none are too serious. I mean, Carl Dahl is the only one you'd think would definitely not going to be in the squad, which isn't that big of a miss anyway because Martin Debrapp is going to be in goal. But you've got Jamal Lascelles, Kieran Clark, who were both taken off with slight knocks on on Tuesday. I mean, John Joe Shelby, Moe Diarmi, Paul Dummett and Kendi all missed the game on Tuesday, but it's hoped they'll be fit tomorrow. I mean, we're going to be able to glean more from Newcastle's team tomorrow when you speak to Rafa Benitez, of course. But, I mean, in terms of the injuries, do you expect all, if not at least some of those players to be batting the side on Saturday? I don't expect all. I have to be honest, I'm sceptical about Jamal Lascelles being fit for this weekend just yeah. because of the fact it's a soft tissue injury. No matter how minor that is, a turnaround from Tuesday night to a Saturday 
for a potential hamstring strain. You've got that that could that could easily get worse. So I think Benitez will err on the side of caution there. Perhaps we may see him on the bench, but I'd I'd be skeptical about I mean, he's that. He's got one. options there, hasn't he? He has got there. options there. Although <coughs> Fernandez looked shattered by the end of the game, yeah. as did as did Cher. Cher also took a blow at the head, although that wasn't that wasn't really an issue. Keewan Clark, I think, has more of a chance. It was a knock to his knee, and although he, he couldn't really move his leg at that point, it was more of an impact injury. Yeah. So be, they're assessing him and seeing how he responds. Again, it may just be a case of he, he might go on the bench. Shelby is a doubt. Um, I think he himself would like to play, but they've had a couple of situations before where he's come back a little bit too soon, and this niggling thigh problem he's got has been an issue. More Diarmé, lay fitness test, touch and go at the moment. Newcastle would like him to be available uh, particularly for this sort of physical encounter, he's the ideal player you want in midfield there for a very big physical Cardiff side. I think he has a chance. Paul Dummett again has a has a chance, but with him they won't take any risks like they won't take any risks with Shelby because he's had recurring hamstring problems. I think he could be involved though. And Kennedy, I think probably will be. He had a, a seemingly bizarre uh, injury, uh, uh, just. A, freak sort of training ground incident it seemed to be his, his toe was injured but he, he should he should be fine so I think that uh, Kennedy will be in around the selection uh, whether he would play anyway is, is is an interesting one because as we say we mentioned the Cardiff game when he missed the penalty really that has told the story of his season it hasn't worked out for him at all he hasn't started recent games even though he's been fit so there's a selection quandary there for Benitez as to whether he thinks right this is the chance Kennedy you, you didn't do it down at Cardiff City Stadium. This is the chance to right the wrongs of what's happened so far this season for you. I mean, Florian Lejeune wasn't involved on, on Tuesday night. I mean, he's come back in and it's been a seamless transition really from being injured and come back into the side as if he hasn't been away. I mean, he's more than likely going to start on, on Saturday and how important do you think he's going to be in the second half of the season? Because to me, watching the, the last two games he's been involved in, it's just been that calm influence that Newcastle have needed, particularly in possession. I think he's been he, he's going to be vital. I spoke to Benitez early in the season when Newcastle was struggling, asked him how much of a miss Florian Lejeune was, and Benitez basically readily admitted we that Newcastle had to change the style of play. He said we we've had to adapt because we you have Lejeune at centre back, he is that calm influence, and he's someone who can start attacks from the back. Uh, Newcastle just look, certainly at home I think he could be very important if Benitez sticks with this three at the back system Lejeune seems ideal for that he's comfortable on the ball can play any of those three positions really and suddenly Newcastle then will have someone who can start attacks from the back can look to, to spread passes a little bit Lascelles is a good defender but he isn't overly comfortable doing that Fernandez is okay but isn't brilliant at it Cher can do that but I think he's a bit more rational than Lejeune I think Lejeune is a better and wiser defender than he is so I've been very impressed with how he's come back. Tuesday, he was left out of the squad because he played twice in a week, hadn't played for, for the whole of the rest of the start of the season. Benitez didn't want to risk him mid midweek when he still come back from a serious knee injury. But I would be surprised if he didn't start this weekend. Will Benitez go three at the back? I'm not 100% sure on that. But just the fact that Cardiff are likely to be direct, they may even play with two up front, he may stick with three at the back. And is it is in a bid to combat... Cardiff and hope that with Lejeune being there as well Newcastle can make that system a little bit more offensive at home as well and in terms of the midfield obviously we mentioned there Modi Army and John Shelby both doubtful for the weekend I mean Sean Longstaff's come in the last two games and I thought he did very well against Chelsea scored on Tuesday night did very well he'll probably start again on Saturday just purely because of the, the injury doubts among Diarmi and Shelby um, but I mean 
it's been a lot of wear and tear for him this week, but he's he's come in and he's he's really grasped the opportunity. He's had to wait a long time for it. He's had to, you know, he, he was denied a loan moving to summer for cover, barely featured until the festive period. But since he's come to the side, you know, he's he's done really well. I've been very impressed with him yeah, for for someone who had only played League One level last season, albeit did very well. Uh, hasn't played in the Premier League before, makes his full debut in the Premier League away at Stamford Bridge and. Yes, was quiet for the first half, but I thought he re- really grew in the game second half. And then uh, Tuesday night, that goal gave him such a lift, and I, I thought he he played he played well against uh, Championship opposition. Do I think he he's ready to be playing week in week out in the Premier League? No, I don't. But that doesn't mean that I don't trust that he can do a job on Saturday and and do well on Saturday if he's needed. He can potentially provide a few of those passes Newcastle need. That's something a little bit different. Maybe a long range shot. My one of the big gripes I have with this Newcastle side is no one really shoots from distance, or if they do, it's usually horrendous. We know he can shoot from distance. Yes, it was deflected the other day, but in the past, certainly for Blackpool, he showed that he can score from outside the area. Newcastle may need to do that if they're going to score. Um, but the, the midfield situation it is bizarre because you have Isaac Hayden, who asked to leave in the summer, didn't play really until December. We barely saw him, and suddenly on Tuesday night, is given almost protected status and is 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 rested for the bench because of the crisis Newcastle have with Diarmi and Shelby injured, Kiwi at the Asian Cup. It really is a real struggle there, and I I can't see. Well, John Joe Shelby certainly isn't going to leave this month, regardless of the speculation. And at the moment, Isaac Hayden, it's looking increasingly likely he'd be allowed to leave either because Newcastle just can't afford to let anyone go because they haven't got the bodies there. And on the midfield situation, obviously we saw Fabian Cher play a kind of holding role on Tuesday, and I thought he did all right. To be fair, you know, he, we all know he's got quality on the ball. You, we spoke there. You spoke there, Chris, about he's slightly rash at the back, but I mean there was less responsibility on him there to you know to at the back. It's, sorry, playing in midfield rather than being at the back to to be that rash, and you know there was less responsibility on on Tuesday. And I thought he thrived in that midfield role. I mean, it's good for Newcastle that they've got that option. It is certainly with with the midfield situation as it is. I mean, Cher has played there before uh, in other countries. He hadn't for Newcastle before, but it is a position he's comfortable in. He's good enough on the ball, and I thought he did he did well. Certainly, seeing as he was the only midfielder there, it was a four one four one formation, and so sometimes the body second half of the body started streaming forward and we're getting past him. But that's because there wasn't the second shield beneath as usually plays. I think that he can play that that role if Newcastle need him to. This weekend could be dependent on injuries at the back as to whether it can be afforded that he does play in that role. But yes, it certainly is an option going forward. And given the lack of of, of alternatives in midfield at the moment, it is a positive to see that he can play as a makeshift role there. And Newcastle fans would have been delighted with Callum Roberts' impact on um, Tuesday night, his first Newcastle appearance for over four years. I mean, he had his debut as a 17 year old, his first start. Come on Tuesday night against Blackburn, he scored a goal, I thought he took it well, I thought he played well, particularly in the first half. I mean, Newcastle fans would be delighted to see that he, you know, a, a local lad's come through and done well. And I mean, he's had to work really hard for it. He's been in the under-23s for four years. He had a loan spell at Kilmarnock where Freddie Woodman and Sean Longstaff impressed. Roberts kind of was a kind of in and out of the team. But I mean, there might have been some doubts about him before Tuesday night, but I think he might have answered a lot of critics, particularly because, you know, we all know his quality on the 23 level. He scores a lot of goals, a lot of assists. Very good this season. But there was that question about whether he could do it at a senior level. And I think on, on Tuesday night he proved he can do that. And if Newcastle don't bring in a, a number 10, shall we say, Roberts has proved if he doesn't go out on loan that you know, he's an able deputy for Jose Perez. 
I think that I thought he played well. Certainly, first half took his goal very well. Do I think he's pushed his way really into Rafa Benitez's thing? And I think he's given himself a chance of being involved not this weekend, but against Watford yeah. in the in the home game. And if he can impress then as well, then he becomes a, a backup option, as you say, in those attacking positions. And playing number ten, he can play further out wide. And Benitez has to make a decision because if he thinks that Roberts has a potential chance of, of playing somewhere in his team then he needs, to, he needs to make that clear to him. Otherwise, I think that the time is right for him. He's 21 years old. He needs to go out on loan. He's too good for under-23 level now. He's shown that. If he isn't part of Benitez's first-team plans for the second half of the season, Newcastle need to find him a championship loan, preferably, if not League One, something like that. Get him some regular football because uh, he's 21 years of age now. He's too good for under-23 football and needs to be really testing himself week in, week out to make sure he, he can make it at some level. I don't see him being heavily involved in the first team for the rest of the season, so I think it is time for that loan move. I mean, we've seen with Sean Longstaff the benefits of having that regular look, that loan football. I mean, he's shown he can't make an impact now. If he does go out and loan and impress, then you know the sky's the limit for him in pre-season, you'd think. It is, and you just look at the other under-21s as there were who played at Sunderland. Uh, Sorensen played there. He's probably going to go out on loan as well this month. Some of these players have, have done very well for Ben Dawson's team, but you can only learn a certain amount from playing in that Premier League two every every week. You need competitive football. You need to be playing against physically full-grown men. You need to understand the demands of uh, pressure of professional football. And t- the time is certainly right for Carl Roberts. He's had previous loan spells at Kate and Kilmarnock. Didn't really work out then, but he hasn't the last couple of years, and I think the time is certainly right. And some fans will look at Roberts' performance of a night and think Benitez was kind of forcing to give him an opportunity, but he took it and he scored and he impressed. And then some fans will look at that and think, well, why doesn't he do that with more youngsters, particularly Sorensen, who scored 19 goals this season? But when you look at what Benitez says about Longstaff, particularly, and Roberts, that he's looked at them for a long period of time now and have trained with the first team day in, day out. He's made sure that they're ready, and particularly Longstaff. Now he's a player who he knows he can trust. And do you think that you know with Sorensen, it has really just been this season where he's had this. It's been an unbelievable impact, really, for the under twenty threes. But before this season, nobody was talking about Elias Sorensen as a future Newcastle first team. I know already really heard of him. To be fair, I mean, it was Luke Charman was impressing for the under twenty threes up front. He's had the impact now. Do you think, like in terms of Sorensen's case in isolation, Benitez needs to know? A, he can do it out on loan somewhere, and B, he needs to see him training with the first team for a, a long period of time before he really does trust him. And is that right, in your opinion? I think that that is how Benitez views it, and I think part of the reason why he views that is A, Newcastle United are in a relegation scrap, and so uh, youngsters are more likely to make mistakes because that's part of the learning process, and therefore in the position Newcastle are in, they can't take as many risks with that. And Benitez is a risk-averse manager, he won't do that. Alternatively, I think he also sees it as you put a player in too early before they're ready for that situation. That can actually have a detrimental effect on their development rather than aid them. And I think some of these players, particularly Sorensen, just is not ready for that opportunity yet. He needs first-team football elsewhere before he really makes it at Newcastle United. Benitez hasn't had a, a brilliant record at Newcastle of bringing through youngsters. Um, Longstaff is the first one, really, we've seen over the last couple of years who is starting to, to really get opportunities I think that, that he should, uh, potentially, Benitez should look at, at, at ways to bring 
youngsters more under the team but I think part of the issue there as well is, is the quality until last summer when they did this bit of a restructure of the under 23 setup the quality really wasn't there I don't think players were ready to make the step up they now have uh, a more streamlined setup below the players are getting more opportunities they're of a higher standard and therefore that gives them an increased opportunity hopefully in the coming weeks months and years for those players to make the step up the loan system Newcastle haven't used particularly well in terms of when they sent players out they need to look at how they do that as well because once these players can get a bit of good loan experience like Sean Longstaff did, then that is the time when you can start introducing them to the first team. So I don't see too many of the youngsters coming in this year, part, except maybe in the FA Cup, but I don't see anyone other than Sean Longstaff playing regularly in the Premier League. And on Tuesday night as well, Jacob Murphy, I thought, did quite well, to be fair. He, he looked a bit rusty, in, in, particularly in the first game against Blackburn because he hasn't played for it. A while. I mean, his end product still leaves a lot to be desired at times, but he did create the goal. And what I found refreshing was seeing a Newcastle winger going at a full-back, being direct, taking them on, getting to the byline, looking to get a cross in. I mean, as I as I touched on there, his end product wasn't great all of the time, but it was just nice to see a, a winger of Newcastle United being that direct and being positive. I mean, he probably won't be involved from the start of the weekend, but do you think he can make an impact from the bench? I think he could, and the fact that his brother's likely to line up on, on the opposition side would really give him an incentive to impress as well, because a lot of fans are saying, oh, well, Newcastle signed the wrong Murphy, they should have signed Josh, he's doing well at Cardiff, he's playing week in, week out. I was I was impressed with Murphy, I thought that he stretched the game, as you say, he was direct, which is something different to the Newcastle's other wingers. Richie is very hard working, sets the tempo for the team, but he doesn't have out-and-out pace. Atsu isn't quite as quick as Murphy and is a bit more, a little bit tricky, whereas Murphy gets the ball, he just runs. And, he, and that's what he did well the other day. Yes, his, his end product wasn't always brilliant, but I thought he did very well for, for the Roberts goal because he, first of all, got a good shot away, which the keeper saved, and then he didn't panic and he, he was composed in the area and completely did the fullback before centering the ball. Um, and so I, I would like to see him start to get more opportunities. That would have done him the world of good on Tuesday night. Um, Newcastle don't have much pace in the team I think he brings something different certainly as an option off the bench uh, I would like to see him against Cardiff I'd be high, highly doubtful that he'd start but I do. I would like to see him involved at some stage if Newcastle needs something a little bit different yes he doesn't necessarily do everything Benitez wants him to do from a tactical point of view but he may just do that something unexpected which may bring an opportunity for Newcastle to score a goal what do you think it is with Murphy? Because we're approaching around eighteen months now since he joined from the club. It was it was it was, it was, a de- it was a decent amount of money that Newcastle paid for him. To be fair, his first season was a bit tough, but there was glimpses, and we thought this season he'll really kick on. But he hasn't really been in the team at all. Do you think with a player like Murphy, who he's now played two games in ten days, which is quite rare of his Newcastle tenure? To be fair, but. Do you think that's the only way you're going to see the best of Murphy, where you give him slightly more, a, a bit more of a run of games, where his confidence is going to build? Is he a confidence player, or is it just the fact that he isn't quite good enough? I think he is a confidence player. He readily admits that himself. He said it in the past, and I do think he needs he needs a run of games to see if if he is good enough. Um, he needs to earn that opportunity. Benitez says that he needs to impress me enough to get that. He needs to understand tactically what Benitez wants in the Premier League. And it's taken him quite a lot of time to get there. He's still raw in a lot of ways, even though he is he is early 20s now. But I think that with a run of games, that would help his confidence grow. And then we would see the real level that he's at. So if he can in, if he can make a bit of an impact in the next couple of weeks, get himself in that starting lineup. If he, say, plays four, five, six games in a row, then I think we'll really see whether Jacob Murphy is cut out to be played for Newcastle United in the Premier League. 
hopefully we'll see Murphy involved. Hopefully Newcastle, you know, get the win on on Saturday. Chris, your prediction for Saturday's game? I don't have a great feeling. I'm not going to lie, but at the same, so I'm I'm going to go for for a one-one draw on the hope that I've done this before with Newcastle early November and they won both those games. That the home form just concerns me, uh, and I think Cardiff haven't had that extra rest. Newcastle need to win, there's no doubt about it, but at the moment I, I, I'm erring more towards a draw, I'm afraid. I think I'll be slightly more positive. I think Newcastle <laughs> will win 2-1 on Saturday. It'll be nervy, but I think you know they'll, they'll get the job done, as you said, the rec one against the, the teams in and around them has been fairly good this season. The neat start winning the home corner, I think, is the perfect place to start. So I hope you're 2-1 right. Newcastle. I mean, well, anyway, thanks for joining us today, guys. Um, we'll have another podcast on Saturday after the game. Hopefully, Chris and the lads are dissecting a win for Newcastle we can all have a good time on Saturday night um, in the meantime we'll have all the coverage on Chronicle Live of transfers takeover all the reaction to the, the game on Saturday and the build up and uh, Andrew Musgrove will be back next week with a podcast and we'll have our live podcast event next Thursday which is now sold out so that'll be one to look forward to we've got Matthew Raisbeck the BBC Newcastle com- commentator coming in um, our columnist John Gibson as well as uh, Newcastle United legend Malcolm McDonald, as well as our writers, I think the fans will be more excited to see Chris Woff than Malcolm McDonald's, but I mean, that might just be me, but there we go. But anyway, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll be back soon. Thank you very much. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.